Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Hey, good morning, church. Good to see everybody. Welcome. This is your first time with us. Uh, welcome to the vineyard. My name is Tim, I'm senior pastor here. And uh, hey, you know, this, uh, this week is a Kind of a big week for my dad. He's going to turn 95 years old. Yeah. Yep. We're having a birthday party for him this afternoon. Uh, there is actually a quilt of valor being uh, put together for him for his service in World War II. Yep. That will be presented to him in March. Yep. Um, you know, dad served on a ship in World War II uh, that was a part of what they call the Lend Lease. Uh, it was a program. There's, can you pick out dad on there? Can you see him? Wait a minute. Hold on. You see it yet? Far left, top, up there. Come on now. He's only like 19, 20 years old. So, I mean, I was in Hawaii. And so during World War II. But unless you're a history buff, you probably, there's this ship. And um, 130 of them on board there for two and a half years. And... uh, and so it was a part of a, Winston Churchill, the prime minister of England, kept trying to get Roosevelt to enter the war and he would keep, you know, he wouldn't do it. So they came up with a, what they call a Lend-Lease program and dad's ship was a part of that. It was supposed to go to England in the support of the war effort and uh, because, you know, Churchill was trying to pull America to come support him in his war against Nazi Germany. Well, you know, there was still resistance in this country at that time until what happened at Pearl Harbor, and then we entered the fray. But Churchill said this to America during that period of time. He said, give us the tools, and we will finish the job. Like, help us. Give us the tools. John Wimber, our, our founder in the vineyard, famously said one time that the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit were the tools that God had given to us in order to get the job done. And that we can't really do the work that God has called us to do without the tools, without the gifts of the Spirit. Spirit. Now Don Williams, a vineyard theologian, and James Mumford from England have put together a great article. If you want to read it, it's on my Pastor Tim Facebook page on uh, making reference to this. And, uh, but when I read that, and I read, give us the tools and we will finish it, I thought about the church. I thought about it. It's kind of like the prayer to God, like, God, if you'll just give us the tools, we will get done what you need for us to do in this world. And of course, Jesus in John 14, 15, and 16 promised that he was going to give the gift of the Holy Spirit to us. And then in those gifts, in the gift of the Holy Spirit, that gift would bring gifts to his body. And so, um, you know, I'm going to pray. And it's kind of like a toolkit, you know. Here's my old ratty tool bag right here. And so inside are the tools that are needed to get the job done. This morning, I need the gift of teaching. And so, would you pray with me that as I reach into this this morning, the job that we need to get done will require that tool and that God would give it this morning. Just do that. Father, thank you this morning for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And thank you for the giver that gives gifts. 
And so, Lord, this morning I ask for your help. I ask that you would give me the gift of teaching over the next few minutes, Lord. Help me in my weakness. Lord, come and teach us through your spirit. Lord, we thank you for your presence here this morning. And we ask that you would move through your church body, people that you love, that you cherish, and that you have invested your own presence in. And Lord, that you would teach, encourage, Lord, correct if necessary, whatever is needed in order so that we can fully live for you. And Lord, I pray for those this morning that don't know you. Lord, I do pray that God, your spirit would apprehend their hearts and that, Lord, they would realize how deep your love is for them. And they would acknowledge you as Lord and Savior in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, one of the things that we talk about in the gifts, and we are starting a new series, but I want, you, I want the church to know this. Since I don't feel released from talking about the Holy Spirit yet, I feel like the Lord wants us to continue to cultivate what it means uh, if you're joining us uh, new. This has been a kind of a journey uh, for us in the church over the last five, six weeks uh, as we reacquaint ourselves with who the Holy Spirit is. And, and so I, everybody always, I said this last week, there's no way you can love everybody always without the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, I mean, we just really need the help of the Holy Spirit to do that, right? And, and so that's my prayer that I'm going to, with the Lord's help, we're going to weave in how the Holy Spirit works in our lives through this series. And I would encourage you to get in a small group, get a guide, buy the book. The book is so full of great stories. And let's track along together. I think there's 15, 16, maybe more small groups that are meeting around the beach, Conway, South, North, all over the place. So see Jay out in the lobby and be a part of this. And so I want to today talk about that, about how the Holy Spirit works in us through love and, and through his gifts at the same time. And, uh, you know, some of us think, well, I can never have that gift. I can't have this gift. I can't have that gift. John Wimber was kind of famous, too, for this toolbox thing to say that the gifts of the Spirit were more, were like uh, situational, more than they were, let's say, occupational, like I have the gift of teaching, that kind of thing. It was more like, do I need it right now? So I'm going to ask for it, right? Because look, you don't have the gift of, you don't need the gift of healing at the moment if nobody is sick there with you, right? So it's like, okay, I need the gift, I need the gift of teaching this morning. Lord, help me. Oh, look, here's the gift of healing. That's not going to do me any good. <laughs> what? You know? No, it's, it's not like that. It's like, it's not going to be in there until you need it. You get that? You find yourself in a situation where you need a certain gift operating and you pray, Lord, would you give me right now? Holy Spirit, would you give me this gift right now? Give me the gift of teaching. <laughs> I mean, do you get this? John was famous for that because what he saw in 1 Corinthians 11 and, and through there was there were divisions in this church. In the Corinthian church. And part of the divisions were that the people who spoke in tongues out of order so much. Said they were much more spiritual than those who didn't. And so John's take was like, you know, no. All of the gifts are for all of us at any time where the need is. That means for you, whatever situation you find yourself in. Now it's true. I think that we probably operate in a particular 
gift because of, like Hebrews says, we have probably worked at it a bit. We've learned to hear the Lord a little more acutely and uh, clearly. And so the Lord seems to, you know, allow us that gift a little more often. But God's no respecter of people. You find yourself in a situation where you need a certain gift, ask for it. Look in the toolbox and see what's waiting for you. Right? And so I hope that metaphor helps you because it's helped me through the years. Because I find myself in situations with people a lot of times where I go, I'm not up to this. Like, you know, I, I'm not, <clears throat> this is not me. And the Lord goes, it might be me. <laughs> yeah, it might be me. And, and I might want to do something here right now. Are you going to say, I can't do anything because of you? Okay, Lord. You're right. Okay. Now let me look in this. Oh, it just might be there. That gift may be there for you in that moment. So whatever the need is, how God can meet it, he will give you the gift for it many times. I'm not going to say it's there all the time, okay? But hey, we were going to miss it if we don't ask for it. We're to eagerly pursue the gifts, right? To ask for them. To ask the Lord to give them to us. And that's all of us. Every one of us. And so, I, I, you know, I want to... The preface, what I'm going to talk about with that this morning, uh, because it's everybody always. <laughs> you get this? It's everybody always. It's like you ask for what you need wherever you are in this situation. Uh, I told this story a million times, but it, to me it's just blatantly obvious. This kid years ago calls me on the phone and says, you got to get over here. And I'm like, why? He says, I got 130 kids in my house. They want to come to know Jesus. They're crying. They're dying. I told them about Jesus and they want to know how to know him. But I, I don't pray with people. I'm like, what? There's 130 people in your house and you don't feel like you can pray with? He says, yeah, but you know how to pray. Would you come? I'm like, dude, they're in your house. They're responding to what you said. You know, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not capable of doing that. I'm, I just can't do it. And, you know, hey, I was glad to do it, right? But the work had been done. The work had been done. And so don't sell not only yourself short. Don't sell the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the wonderful giver of gifts, the Holy Spirit, short in your life. Wherever you find. You know, let's say it's the gift of mercy. We're talking about everybody always loving everybody always. It would be nice to have the gift of mercy operating, Right? Because the gift of mercy in Romans, it's mentioned in Romans 12, is a gift. It's not something like, well, you know, I'm a kind person. I'm a nice person. That's not what we're talking about. I'm glad you are. I'm glad you're a nice person. I think everybody in here is nice, pretty much. And there, uh, that's, you know. But the gift of mercy, the, the gift of mercy is something that transcends our ability to be nice. It is a gift given to you. In the moment that allows you to empathize and to show kindness where you're not drained. Where you are able to step into a situation and care and show God's love to someone and serve them in such a way that you draw great energy from it. And you run into it and it's a gift and usually when the moment is over, it's over. And you'll feel, you'll feel that, you'll feel that kind of slip away from you. But you had it when you needed it. And boy do we need it with difficult people, Right? You know, you are that difficult person to somebody. You know that, right? That's right. That's right. And so, praying for the gift of mercy 
is something in this series we should be asking for. As we reach out in our neighborhoods, as we, uh, you know, we try to show the kindness and the love of God, ask for the gift of mercy. Uh, the word of knowledge that we've just barely touched on in 1 Corinthians. You know, a word of knowledge, I read this definition, I thought it was good. A supernatural insight into the hidden facets of a person, a situation, or something very special about God that you could bring out in the moment. A word of knowledge. Um, I mean, wouldn't it be great to look at your neighbors? In the book this week, there's a grid where you put your neighbors, you know, the people around you so you can pray for them. In the book. In this, in this book. This one right here. It's over here. Anyway, it's in there. And uh, so wouldn't it be neat to pray for a word of knowledge for your neighbors? And when you see them leaving and them leaving their home, you go, Lord, I want you to show me. Something about them that I can bless them about. That maybe, maybe the Lord will give you, you know, something like they're going through a tough time. Or there's something that God will just place on your heart for them. The word of knowledge. Word of wisdom. That's how you, you know, how to understand. You're able to understand and to express something of God's wisdom in such a way that the church and I think others are built up. And I've seen you guys do this many times to me where you've just dropped a word into my life on Sunday mornings or you drop by the office or I've seen you somewhere or you emailed me or text me. And one Sunday, one of our members, I was talking about the body, you know, doing life together. And he came up to me and he said these words. He said, not only do I not have to do this alone, I'm not supposed to do it alone. That was a word of wisdom to me. Because it was succinct, few words, and it was so beautiful. Not only do I not have to, I'm not supposed to. That was a word of wisdom over that sermon that morning to me that I wrote in my journal, and I've kept it for the last six months, and I keep going back to it many times. A word of wisdom. And then the gift of faith. Sometimes trouble or challenges or situations occur in our lives or others' lives or our neighbors. The gift of faith is something that will come on you and gives you from the Holy Spirit this amazing confidence that God is going to do something. Amazing. I mean, you'll sense this confidence of God. It's not your own confidence. It's this, I know that I know that I know that God has got this. Or, and you may even have some specifics like a word of prophecy or something to go with that. But wouldn't it be great to see that gift to go in there with our neighbors and to be able to take that hammer out, to take that whatever it is out, and to be able to walk into their life and to encourage them because with that confidence. Have you had people do that in your life, walk into your life? They don't even know you're going through a tough time, that you're in challenges, and then all of a sudden they work up and walk up and go, man, I just, I don't, I had somebody do this to me not too long ago. I'm in a prayer group with some pastors every week we get together and we share our life open our life up pray for one another repent whatever's needed you know with one another and and one of them before we left this past week just laid his hand on my head and, and said a few words that were like they like the gift of faith like a declaration over me and it was like water to my soul in that moment and you know all of us Everybody always, all of us who have the Holy Spirit living in us, we're capable of being able to use those gifts if God gives them to us, wherever we are in life. And, uh, you know, gifts of healings, the Bible calls it. Gifts, plural, of healings. 
Because like if someone needs to be, let's say, healed of a cold, you don't need the gift of healing a broken leg, right? And so the scripture says gifts of healings. And who knows if God won't heal and pray for the gift. You know, the Bible doesn't have, the New Testament and Paul didn't have anything to say about healers. But he had a lot to say about the gifts of healings. It's like there's not someone that's the healer. And I'm going up, you know, I'm taking my tent and heading out. You know, that kind of thing. To pray and I've got, no, it's like in the moment, at the time, this person needs to be healed. Lord, give me a gift of healing for this person. Lord, right now, in this moment, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, if this is a brother or sister, resides in their body. I pray, Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit would quicken their body now, repair everything that's wrong. Because one day, you're going to quicken that body right out of the grave, and it is going to be 100% like it should be. Let us see a taste of your kingdom right now. Right now. And who knows that Lord will not grant you to be a part of that. So we pray for the gifts. They're like, situational, the gift of prophecy that Paul again and again encourages us to, to ask for is a spirit-inspired, it's a spirit-inspired compulsion to speak out a message of revelation or sovereign act of divine disclosure, uh, telling something that God has spontaneously brought to mind. Mike Turgiano, our friend from Brooklyn, New York, Brooklyn, yeah, Mike, hey, Tim, yeah. Yeah, he was with us last year, right? And Mike was like, yeah, Tim, I, like, I, you know, my neighbor. My neighbor was out, uh, you know, I was raking the yard. And I was raking the yard. I was just having a nice afternoon. Some of you remember this story, right? And he goes, my neighbor, you know, I saw her come out, step out on the steps there. And, you know, she looked and I was like, yeah, that's my neighbor. And he's like, and he said, I feel like the, the Lord goes, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, you need to go over there and pray for her. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, and just keeps raking. No, no, you really, you need to look over there right now. And so Mike, you know, he stops and he looks over and he feels the tug of the spirit going like she's going through something. Mike, you need to get over there. You need to go pray for her right now. And that pull. And so Mike responded and found out. You can go back and watch it online. And went back, prayed for her, you know, was a part of what God was doing in her life at that moment. These gifts are for all of us. They're for us in here this morning. They're for us out in our neighborhoods, they're for us in our families, they're for us on our jobs. They're giving to us to show the love of Christ to people, the love of God. Everybody always. Every Christian who has the Holy Spirit living within them has this tool bag in your life. Now it is indeed up to the Holy Spirit to when it when it's there. But you know what? We're told to eagerly pursue. Don't leave your tool bag at home. <laughs> Eagerly pursue. I need, Lord, this right now. I need it. I need it. If I need a screwdriver, I'm asking for a screwdriver, right? Not a hammer. The Lord doesn't give you a hammer when you need a screwdriver. And so it's in there. So when you leave this morning, you realize you're leaving. If you're a Christian, you're leaving with that, with the tools in that bag. Look, okay, that was a long introduction. And I've got... <laughs> I kind of knew that when I wrote this up, but I was like, it was too good not to do it. And, and so, uh, anyway, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, 
and this does tie in. 14, uh, 1 Corinthians 14.1 is in your handout. You flip it over if uh, you don't know if you're new with us and welcome again. I flip it over. There's a little fill in there. This is following right. 1 Corinthians 12 is where Paul talked about the gifts of the Spirit. We got the 1 Corinthians 13, which is the famous scripture for marriage. It was not written about marriage. Even though that's beautiful to read. And it'll be the last time you'll probably act like that. Uh, what you read in 1 Corinthians 13 out of marriage. And, uh, but that is for the church. 1 Corinthians 13 and what love is, is meant for the church. For all of us. How we're to do life together. And it's how the gifts of the Spirit are supposed to flow. 1 Corinthians 12, the gifts. 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 13, love. Sandwich right there. The gifts are not operated without love. They're operated in love. Love for one another for the church. It's to build up the church. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Your first feeling is this. Following, follow the way of love, is an intentional act. It's intentional. Like you don't just fall into following something. Someone or some issue or some belief. You intentionally went after it. And love, operating in love is like that. Now, I know we fall into love. That's called fall into chemicals. And it's a beautiful thing. You know, God made it like that. It's a beautiful thing. It's an awesome thing. That's the way God created us to fall into chemicals. When we see someone, we fall in love with them. I fell in love with my wife. Saw her on the football field. No, I was a band geek. I did not like getting hurt and hit by people. So I did not play football. And so, but I love music. So I saw my wife across that, that field that night. And I was headed to a surfing contest as soon as that thing was over. And I saw her coming across the field. And I did. I saw her blue eyes and they were like the ocean that I loved. And then she had very dark black hair. Now it's the opposite, as you know. But it was, so, it was beautiful. And there she was coming across the field. And I fell into chemicals right there. I mean, right in the middle. Like, I just fell into chemicals. It was just like, wow. Oh, my gosh. Now, 50 years later, I'm still, you know, it's still the real deal. But you know what? Every single relationship will find themselves at a point where the chemicals are not as active as they used to be and you make a choice to love. And I might even dare say this, that is when the real love surfaces. The real love surfaces when there is an act of commitment, loyalty, and kindness to someone when you don't necessarily feel the great levels of the hormones just taking you hostage at the moment, right? <laughs> They're beautiful. Don't get me wrong. They're beautiful. Oh, man, we love them. You know, Lord, anoint us with those hormones. Yes, bring it. You know, but I get it. But you get this? Following the way of love, that's an intentional act. It is something that we say we're committed to. We're committed to follow the way of love. That we don't bail out. You know, we're like, Lord, give us, give us a heart so that we're consistent in it. That we love, you know, the ultimate goal in all of this is to look like Jesus. So the world can see Jesus in us. And love, that people say, is a verb, you know, it's a choice, it's an action. And, uh, I mean, look at, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world, right? 
All of that was an act of love way before we ever gave him any response. The church at Corinth had, I'd say, gone off road. You know, follow the way of love. It's like a highway, the way of love. But the church in Corinth had decided to go four-wheeling. They took off. You know, they were throwing people out of the truck. <laughs> they were running over people. They were not following the way of love. Even though they had gifts operating in their midst. And they were having a big time. They were like, there was sex. There were cliques. Uh, the people who had less than were treated as less than. And those who had more formed up their own group and had more. And the church was just in a mess. They had gone off road. And Paul says, right after the love chapter, follow the way. Follow. Make a decision to come back to the road of love. The way of love. Come back and get on it. Get back. Look, if Mr. Grump lives next door to you, follow the way of love. Follow the way of love. You know, love is what wins our heart, right? How many people have you won as a friend by your criticism? How many people go, man, I love being around you. You make me feel so horrible. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love you, man. I love you. You know, it's, you're, you're like a great gift for condescension. I mean, <laughs> it's wonderful. Not, it's the way of love. And Paul steers this church. He says, get back on that road. Make a choice. Repent. That is, turn from going off road and get back on the road. Turn and go a different direction. Repent. Come back to the road of love. Your second one is this. You know, uh, follow. Intentionally follow the way of love. And love is that highway. Love is that highway that we're on. Follow the way of love. If you want to see what that road is paved with, read 1 Corinthians 13. And you'll see what the pavement's like. Let's just look at a little. Some of you can say it because you've, you've heard it at your wedding. Um, listen to this. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I can speak in tongues and look just as spiritual, more spiritual than anybody. But if I don't have love, I'm like one of these cymbals here that just split and just makes a horrible sound when somebody hits it. Right? You can be just as hyper-spiritual as you want to be and still sound awful. And nobody wants to hear it. Without love, there is no tune. There's no, there's no meaning behind the sound. I, if I have the gift of prophecy and cannot fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. I can say I've got the more faith. I can brag about it. I can say all I want about that. But if it's not operated in love, it has zero profit. None. So you can be like the most charismatic person in the world with all of the gifts that you think are operating in your life. And if they're not operated in love and on the road of love, zilch. Nada. Nothing good is coming out of it. I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. You can be the biggest social justice warrior in the world. Give everything you have away. But if it is not done in true love, nothing. Nothing. It's all based in the love of God and the love of Christ. Everything we do. The road. Be intentional about getting on the road of love. The road that Christ has paved for us. Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. 
It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. This is what that throat is paid for. Like love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And there's an example I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be silent. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is part, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I taught like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away the ways of, childish, of the childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part... Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest is love. And then the next verse. Follow the way of love. Right? 14.1. And eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. You know, these, this is going to go away one day. We won't need it. When Jesus comes back, he won't need these anymore. Until then, we need them. Until then, that's the tools God gives us to love one another, to minister to one another and the world that we're in. And it's all motivated by love and in love. And, you know, some people, some people, uh, or maybe you think that you can, you know, can you still follow the way of love and uh, deal with issues with people's misbehavior? Now, some of us are so non-confrontational that we hate it so much that we lean so far into the, to what we believe is healthy love that we forget that love is truth, right? You tell the truth in love. There's a great example in here. And when you read these books of the Bible in whole, you get to see a bigger picture because in 1 Corinthians, there was a guy sleeping with his stepmom. And Paul says, it's in the same book. Well, these gifts, right here, we're 1 Corinthians 13, right? You guys read this? Yeah. And, and so Paul says, you know, hey, man, even the pagans around you don't do this kind of thing, much less brag about it. And I mean, evidently, the church was laughing about it. You know, they'd get together and have communion, and they'd get a little tipsy on the communion wine, and then they'd laugh about it. And Paul is like, that's not the way it should be. He goes so far as to say, that you should cast that person out of your midst. He even goes this far. I have decided to turn him over to the devil. Now, does it, is that love? Wait, we hadn't heard the end of the story. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. It's not the end of the story. So that his soul may be saved. You get this? Because it wasn't love to let a person continue to go down the road, especially when you're laughing about it and encouraging them and slapping them on the back and go, oh, it's hilarious. Ha, ha, ha. Paul says, this is, this is a part of how out of control you guys at Corinth are. No. So evidently they do that because in the second letter to Corinthians, right over here, Paul says, take him back in. And he says, take him back in quickly so that he won't be so hurt that he may walk off from the faith. See, between 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, there was a whole work of redemption going on in this guy. And so, I mean, there are words like he says, uh, uh, forgive and comfort him so he won't be overwhelmed, listen to this, by excessive sorrow. Reaffirm your love for him. Forgive him. 
between 1st and 2nd Corinthians. So there's an act of love that sometimes doesn't look like love. But don't read 1st Corinthians without 2nd Corinthians. Right? You continue in the route because there's redemption. It's redemption, redemption, redemption. So love is the highway. It's to look like Jesus. It's our discipleship is helping us become everything God wants us to be. And yeah, there are bad actors in this. You know, there are people who misrepresent what this means to the church and all. But read this, okay? Read this and then ask the Lord to move in you. Paul's trying to teach them more about what healthy love is in this church. And what good, you know, what Christ's love is like. Your last feeling is this. The gifts are the expression of love. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. Gifts are the expression. Um, these are, you know, operated, when we operate in these gifts, it's an act of love. Like, let's say right now, right now, if, if we went, Lord, we would really like to hear you say something to encourage this body right now. Would you speak through your body? Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompt. Thank you.